So today we come to perhaps the most significant of the meals with Jesus. Uh, it is mentioned four times in the New Testament, at least, but it's mentioned explicitly in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke, and then in 1 Corinthians. And Jesus invites his followers, invites us to remember him by sharing this meal together. Uh, something that's been done billions of times, probably, throughout history, in all cultures and in all places. And you'll be familiar with these words that occur in each of the accounts of the Last Supper. Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. There are possibly thousands of sermons I could have preached on the Lord's Supper. There will be thousands that have been written, millions of different perspectives on this particular meal. But as I was thinking this week, I was reminded of a particular take on this passage from Henri Nouwen that I first came across perhaps 20 years or so ago. Henri Nouwen, the Jesuit priest. And interestingly, I heard echoes of that in a podcast that I was listening to maybe a year or so ago by the American pastor Rob Bell. Now, I, um, I sent this to a friend this week and said, what did he think of it? And he came back to me and said he thought it was a, a really timely message for us at the moment. So um, I know it has really helped me over the years. It's an idea that has, has shaped and formed me. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. And that is there is a pattern to this meal that I want us to recognize today. And that is this pattern of being blessed, of being broken, and of being given. You might recognize that pattern from the feeding of the 5,000, which we preached on a few weeks ago. Jesus took the, 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 the loaves and the fish and he blessed them, and he broke them and he gave them. So when I say there's four or more passages about the Last Supper, you could arguably include the feeding of the 5,000 as one of those. It's this pattern that appears in Scripture. And next week, when we look at the road uh, to Emmaus, when Jesus arrives in, in Emmaus, the disciples recognize him because of the way he blesses, breaks, and gives them the bread. There is a pattern in this meal, and I think it is a pattern in life. Because we have all been blessed. We are blessed with the gift of life itself. But more than that, if you have ever received something as a gift from somebody else, and anything you have received has been given to you by somebody else as a gift. Let me, um, let me try to illustrate what I mean. Have you ever, what was the last movie you watched that really moved you? Think of the last film you watched, and perhaps an hour and a half, that, that really stirred your soul and moved you. I have to say, the last one we watched was on, um, on Netflix. It was called The Peanut Butter Falcon. 
Thank you, Jess Kennedy, for the recommendation. We absolutely loved it. But if you think about the way that film was, was crafted, there was a point where someone came up with an idea. I don't know where they came up with the idea. Maybe in a restaurant. They scribbled it on the back of a napkin. And they gave themselves to writing that story, to scripting it out, to, to imagining it, to giving it life. And then other people worked to, to edit the script and, and, and actors learnt their lines and crew were brought in and they all gave of their gifts and they gave of their skills. And if, if, writing, if the writer's anything like me, sweated and poured out blood writing this piece so that you could have your one and a half hour moving experience. They gave of themselves and poured themselves out such that you could have that moving hour and a half. Or think about the mentor who perhaps came alongside you at one stage and poured themselves into you so that you could learn a new skill, be supported. Or perhaps as a child, is another example, the food that was on your table. That food was on your table because somebody gave of themselves and planted the seed and grew it because your parents worked the hours, because somebody went to the supermarket, because somebody spent the time cooking to prepare that meal for you. All of those people gave of themselves in different ways so that you could sit at that table and enjoy that meal. If you have been blessed, somebody did the blessing. If you have received, someone else gave. For you to have benefited, there was a cost. There is always a cost. Because that's how the world works. And at the heart of the gospel story is a story about Jesus. God's good and perfect gift. Given to us for the healing of the world. And given for us in a very particular way on the cross where his body is broken and his blood is poured out. We receive because there was a cost. Because Jesus gave of himself his body broken and his blood shed. And then we, out of gratitude, are to give the good gifts that we are, that we have to the world. To imitate Christ and to give of ourselves in turn for the healing and restoration of the world. We have been blessed. We have received. So in turn, we bless and we give. And we need each of you at the moment to give your gift to the world. We need each of you to be who God has made you to be for the benefit of this world. What have you chosen to give yourself to? I know several people who are watching this or maybe here have chosen to give themselves to law, to being solicitors or lawyers. You've given yourself to the organisation of human relationships and human interactions and setting those, those um, relationships in a good framework that they will work well. You've given that as your service to the world. That's what you give us. And we need you to do your job well so that those relationships work and society functions well. Um, others of you, there are teachers here 
who've given yourselves to inspire young minds to learn and to be hungry for knowledge. We need you to give your gift to the world because that's what you've chosen and that's what we need from you. Maybe you work in justice. Maybe you work in healthcare. Maybe you're an entrepreneur who, who's creating new jobs so other people can have an income. We need each of you to give of yourselves to the world. Maybe the at-home parent who's working every day, never off duty, works 24-7, breaking themselves open, pouring themselves out for the benefit of those young lives that they might flourish in the world. Each of you, you are God's good gift to the world. Your passion, your talents, your skills, the things you care about, you, your unique self. We need you to give of yourself for the ongoing restoration and repair of the world. But as you know, as you do that, there is always a cost. As you pour yourself out into what it is you give the world, there is, there is a body broken and there is blood shed. That is how it works. We pour ourselves out into what we do and we need you to care for yourselves in the process. We need you to find a rhythm to your life. You know, there are times when you are on, when you are giving, but there also need to be times when you are off and when you are receiving. When you receive body and blood, when it's poured back in to you, when you are put back together. We might call it a Eucharistic rhythm to life. Now, some of us have discovered that this year. Uh, we've discovered a new, more sustainable rhythm, perhaps in working from home. And rightly, you're looking for ways to keep and sustain that rhythm now. You've found a pace to life that feels more for sustainable. For others of us, for others that perhaps have been working on the front line, you're tired right now. Soul tired. Tired to your very bones. Because as we work at our, uh, what we are here to give to the world, as we pour ourselves out for the world, for the healing of the world, it can be tiring. And we all need moments. There are moments when we've, when we've run out of hope and we need to receive. I don't know if you notice in the life of Jesus, when the crowds got, got big, he withdrew to the quiet places. I mean, in our culture, when the crowds get too big, we had another service. Jesus withdrew. He found a rhythm to his life. Times when he was on and times when he was off. Time to withdraw and pray and to rest and be put, to get, put back together. Uh, some in our society might accuse that attitude of being lazy. But I think it's taking care of the good gift that you are to the world. Because we need you to be well. You need you to be working well. Honouring the good gift that is you. I came across this race earlier in the year. It was on the BBC News website. It's called the Big Dog Backyard Ultra. It's an ultra marathon. And there is no finish line. The competitors start running 
and the winner is the last one standing. I mean, I've done some pretty stupid things in my time. So this was last, won last year by a Dutch dentist who ran for 75 hours straight and covered 312 miles. Life is not supposed to be like that. We are not supposed to push ourselves to the point where we become the last one standing. There is supposed to be a rhythm, a rhythm of giving and a rhythm of receiving. And right in the center of the church is this meal that we receive together, this sacrament, a place of promise, a place of encounter with God. And as we gather around this table, as we share the bread and the wine, we are reminded of Christ and his good gift to us. His body broken, his blood poured out for you, for me, and for all of us. This meal is the grace of God. And does anyone here need grace today? Anyone need a sense of that love of God, that healing, the good gift? Anyone feel a bit confused as if you've been wandering through the deep weeds? Um, you need the gift of direction, uh, the gift of home. Or maybe for some of you, you've done something you're not proud of this week and there's a sense of shame or guilt or regret. There's a voice in your head saying, oh, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have done that. Well, besides making amends with those people that maybe we've hurt, we need a place where we can learn to forgive ourselves as well. And this meal is a place where God offers us that forgiveness. So as we come to this table, as we come to have body and blood put back together and poured back in, I invite you to bring whatever brokenness, whatever regret, whatever it is that's causing you to stumble, whatever you need, bring it as we share this meal together. Bring your joy, bring your euphoria, bring your profound gratitude, bring your whole self to this table. You know, for the last 500 years or so, um, faith, I think, has primarily, primarily become about what we believe. About getting the right beliefs in order and in a row. There's this group over here that believes that nine things. And there's a group here who believes that 11 things. And there's a group here who believes a slightly different set and that 13 things. And then there's this group here who fell out over a number of nine. So they went and started a new church down the road. And people love to go to their church because that's where they get to hear the list of things that they believe reinforced and they get to feel good about it from the front because we believe the right things. And the problem with that is it just never ends. It goes on and on and on. But before the centre of the church was, a, was, was getting your intellectual ducks in a row, getting your intellectual ideas in the church, the centre was this meal. The centre was a table. The centre was where we gathered around bread and wine, where everyone is welcome. Where we reflect and share on God's good gift, on Christ's body poured out, 
Christ's body broken and blood poured out for our healing, our salvation, our grounding, our centering. When you see this meal as the center of faith, when you see this mystery of Christ's body and blood broken and poured out for you, then the, the center isn't a list. The center is a person. It's a mystery. And it flows through us out into the world and on to others. Blessed, broken and given. I've lost some pages of my talk here. Excuse me a moment. There they are. In the words of Henri Nouwen, Jesus is given to the world. He was chosen, blessed, and broken to be given. Jesus' life and death were a life and death for others. The beloved Son of God, chosen from all eternity, was broken on the cross so that this one life could multiply and become food for all people and all places and all times. As God's children, beloved children, we have to believe that our little lives, when lived as God's chosen and blessed children, are broken to be given to others. We too have to become bread for the world. My friends, may you today believe that you are God's good gift to the world. There may be a whole list of reasons why you think you fall short. Maybe it's been beaten into your head that you are no good. Maybe you have voices that tell you you have no skill, no talent, no passion. That there's no point in you being here today. But this meal is here to remind you that you are who God says you are and that you are his gift. Body and blood poured out for those around you. So as you go to the office on Monday, as you go about your day, whether it's looking after your kids, giving your gift to the world, do, do so knowing that you are given to be a blessing to others, to inspire, to serve and to bring healing to those who cross your path because that's how it works. And no, yes, there is always a cost. It always involves of giving of yourself. It always involves risk. And it may be rejected, but that is Jesus' story. It may not be appreciated. It may not be acknowledged. But as you offer your good gift for the healing and restoration of the world. My friends, as we, John comes to lead us in communion now, as we share this meal together, as you receive the good gift of life through Christ, may it heal you, may it inspire you, may it fill you with new life, and then may you in turn, turn in response and see yourself as a good gift to the world around you. And may grace and peace be with you. Amen.